Going through a divorce is daunting and can make you feel financially vulnerable. Ampla Finance can help. Unlike other loans, there's no need for any ongoing monthly repayments. You're only charged loan interest on the amount of money used to pay your solicitor's fees as your case progresses, and the easy-to-use online tool keeps you in full control throughout the process. Your loan is normally repaid in full when you reach settlement, so between now and then, you have peace of mind that the cost of your divorce won't impact your day-to-day -day needs. Ampla Finance puts you at the heart of everything they do and can help you to make the fresh start you're looking for. To find out more, click the link in the podcast description or visit www.amplifinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Smart Divorce Podcast. I'm Tamsin Kane and I will be your host. In Series 3, we will be speaking to a number of experts and professionals in the divorce arena and answering the questions that we get asked most often. If you've got a question and you don't think we've answered it yet, please do get in touch. You can email me at tamsin at smartdivorce.co.uk. Now over to our guests. I'm delighted to be joined today by Susan Lee. Susan is a fabulous counsellor and hypnotherapist. She works with couples and individuals um, amongst other areas um, who are going through a breakdown of relationships. Hi Susan, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Tamsin. Fabulous. So we're going to talk today about um, the anxiety that you might feel during negotiating with your ex-spouse um, and some ideas of how to deal with that. So we see a lot of couples going through mediation. Um, I certainly work with a lot of couples who are wanting to come to a financial agreement between themselves rather than going to court. But that has its own um, difficulties, I guess you would say. So, so what would you what would you start off by saying? What are your initial thoughts? I would start off by saying acknowledge that it is a tense time, even if you're not in a court scenario, even if you're going to a mediator's office or a, a neutral professional's office. Accept that it is a bit of a stressful time. You're meeting somebody who you used to love. You built a life together, but now you're in disharmony. And it's perhaps been that there's been a lot of nasty things said, difficult things said. It could have been a very testing time. Not every breakup by any means is 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 a, a pleasant enough negotiation. It can be quite stressful where there's almost point scoring going on or somebody's trying to get one over or they're not having that, I'm going to keep this. So it can be, I mean, I've known people even haggle over things like old, I don't know, record collections and things and, and ornaments. And it, it's that's mine and that's not yours. And you're not having it simply because they know how much it means to the other person. I had one couple and he went and euthanized the dogs because he was determined that she wasn't going to have them. So, you know, it can be heartbreaking, heartbreaking as a therapist to hear it, but heartbreaking for the couple when they're going through this and that level of venom and nastiness and undercurrent is going through. So appreciate that it is potentially quite a stressful time wherever you're going, wherever you're meeting them and try and get yourself into a calm place 
before you enter the room. Try and get yourself thinking clearly, what do I want from this meeting today? Have it even written down in front of you where you say, this is, these are my definites, these are my negotiations, and these are the things that I'm prepared to let go of. Have some idea where you stand on what you particularly need. If children involved have a clear set of criteria that are important for the kids, where they're going to live, transport, access, all those things might be really unnegotiable for you. So be clear about what it is that you're needing, what you're wanting, and, and, and have that in your mind at the outset. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think writing down some non-negotiables and, and having an idea of the things that that you are willing to move on um, because I think you're going to have to move you know it's, it's called negotiation for a reason it's it's not a go in there make your demands and that's what you'll uh, you'll come out with you were talking there about going into the into the meeting in a in a calm frame of mind and I think I think that's really good advice have you got any tips on how to get yourself because if you're all pent up and worried about this meeting with this person that you had a life with that it can be really difficult to be calm for sure and I think I think there are the looking after yourself is the big clue and the big coping strategy when you take good care of yourself so maybe have other things that you do what do you know that you can do that makes you calm before you go for an interview that makes you calm before you go on a when you went on a first date or when you went to college or something what were the things that you did so I think sometimes feeling good about yourself is a biggie make try and make sure you have a good night's sleep uh, the night before so that means perhaps being careful about whether you've had a drink or whether you're exercised or whether you feel good. Sometimes having lost a few pounds and toned up a bit can make us feel really good. And so you go into that meeting and you're actually thinking, you know, I look OK here. And that can be a really good starting point for feeling calm and good about yourself. Make sure that you're smart. Make sure that you feel positive. Have a clear set of your own criteria things that are important for you and and not being phased I mean you look at this person and you remember we used to love each other we cared about each other so try and hold on to some semblance of that because if the other person is angry or bitter towards you where do you think that's coming from and so sometimes they're reacting not necessarily about you reacting at the situation that they're in, reacting at the financial implications of this, reacting at the lifestyle things, what's it done to their work situation or the structure of the life they were planning on having. Sometimes all those angry feelings are because of what's actually going on for them and how they are reacting to this particular situation too. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people who are going to put themselves in a mediation position, they they are thinking about how they felt about the other person at some point, but but the whole mediation, the being with another professional, that kind of brings all this pent up anxiety back and and can can make them, although they want a fair outcome, can make them feel sort of frustrated and angry again and, and in an in a negotiation that's not necessarily a, an ideal. Um, position to be in when you go into into that sort of meeting and I think going into a meeting like that there's also um, perhaps an expectation or you feel 
there's an expectation that everything's got to be resolved within in a, a in a short pace of time or you're aware of the cost of the meeting you're aware of what's going on about perhaps racking up bills or adding another month or two to the being finalized so there can be pressure there but i think one thing to hold on to in any negotiation is i don't have to agree to things that i don't want to agree to so buying yourself a little bit of time if somebody says is this okay for you and you're really not sure hold on to that hang on leave it with me i want to think about that i'll get back to you be confident enough hold on to your own determination not just to go with the flow because everybody's looking at you and you you feel this pressure to to agree be okay about saying I need to, a bit of time to get some other advice or to reflect on this for a minute or to see how I feel because we can initially have a knee-jerk reaction of, for God's sake, I'm fed up, let's just say yes and get on with it. I don't care, I'm, I'm beyond all this. But it's, it's reining it back in and being prepared to say, leave it with me, I'm going to buy myself a little bit of time, I'm not just going to go with this because you think it's a good idea and I'm not saying that just to be awkward, I just really need to check out for myself how I feel about this, how it's going to impact on any plans that I might have or anything I'm thinking about doing for my own future or for the perhaps for the children too. So being prepared to, to, to stand your ground a little bit with fairly neutral phrases like that. So it's not being acrimonious. It's not swearing or getting upset. It's keeping that calm thing because the truth is if a person loses it, that phrase says it all. If we lose it, we're losing control. If we're losing it, we're losing a grip. So again, coming back to your center, coming back to feeling a bit more grounded and going, I'm not losing it. I'm not giving away my power. I'm going to hold on to what's right for me. And that might take me a day or two to think about it, but I will come back to you with my resolve or my decision in 24 hours or whatever it is that you feel will be okay for you. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely right. I think rushing making decisions about your divorce are, are, are going to lead to problems later on. I think everything needs to be carefully considered and, and an immediate reaction probably isn't going to be the right reaction either. Um, and something else that I, I was thinking when you were talking was that if you feel yourself losing it in that meeting, just ask to step out of the meeting, even if it's only for five or 10 minutes where you regather your calmness, where you you kind of take a deep breath, you know, even a breath of fresh air outside the front door of the office would give you that time to just stop losing it, as you as you very carefully said, and that's it, that's a a, a great reminder of what that that's, phrase that's means. Where the phrase, I mean, that's where cigarettes come into their own, even though a lot of us don't smoke anymore. You know, but in truth, you know, that cigarette break, I just need a, I just need to go outside for a fag or something. That was, whether it was an actual action or not, it gave people thinking time. Mm. Uh, and because we don't, it's one of the, I mean, I hate smoking, but at the end of the day, having a cigarette break or a time out is a really valuable thing to do. And, and as you were saying there, it, the truth is, if we agree to things that we really don't feel right about, that can impact on further decisions down the line. Because if, if a person's agreed to things because they felt under pressure or of whatever kind it might be, that they then start thinking, uh, you know, yes, they agreed to it. Yes, they gave it away or they allowed that decision to go ahead. But then they can start feeling bitter or resentful or 
it's not fair or I've been treated badly or look what they've done to me. And it can fuel further antagonism that may come out in the relationship down the line. And if you have to meet intimately, that's going to be unfortunate. So being sure that, yes, you've agreed to something, you've made it, I've given you this, you've had that, and you feel fairly dealt with. At the end of the day, you have to kind of go, okay, I, I allowed this to happen. But you don't want to be allowing something to happen and feeling angry or bitter or done over by by what's happened. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think at those points when you get to it if you get to a point where you cannot agree and you can't come to a fair conclusion then potentially you need to be looking at letting a court decide um what you want to do but if whilst you're in these negotiations whilst you're in a position where you can talk to the other person and and try and come up with some sort of agreement um yeah I think you're absolutely right I think don't agree to what you really don't want to agree to, but bear in mind there's going to be needed to be some compromise somewhere along the line. You're not necessarily going to get absolutely everything that you want. And holding it at the back of your mind that if if, if I don't sort myself out, if I don't come to some compromise with this, with myself, I know that I can't keep everything, that I'm going to have to make some sort of sacrifices or, or, or allowances for the other person and what they want, if, if if we don't do that and some judge is going to rock up and, and make those decisions, it's almost like a, is it Samson's baby where, or whoever it was in the, in the Bible where he was going to chop the baby in half. And so you end up with nobody gaining anything, nobody coming away with very much that feels good, but having those decisions made on our behalf where nobody gets what they want and everybody goes away feeling okay, it's a bit of an arbitrary decision but it, and it happened, but at least somebody else has taken that decision. It's far better to be in control yourself and to say, okay, a negotiation is about letting the other person think that you've made a sacrifice perhaps and given them what they want and then they're more inclined to let you have what you want yourself. So being a bit more savvy about the, the role of, of what's happening in these meetings, being a bit more savvy about what you're actually negotiating about and being prepared to give perhaps a little bit of leeway on things you're not that 100% bothered about, knowing that you may well get some ground in other areas with things that matter more to you. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. Susan, as always, thank you so much for your brilliant advice and we'll catch up again soon. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please do think about writing us a review or giving us a lovely five-star rating on iTunes if that's where you're listening. I hope you'll join us again next time.